everyone, welcome to What Really Works, a mental health podcast for young adults and youth. In these podcasts, you can expect to hear us chat about mental health and provide well-being tips and tricks with the odd joke thrown in. What Really Works is brought to you by Discovery College, an initiative run by the Canadian Mental Health Association Kelowna, where lived and living experience and learned experience informs everything we do. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hello, what really works, listeners? Becky, hello. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm sick still. Just sick, 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 sick. And I'm really sick, 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 sick of it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty much doing the exact same as I was doing last podcast. But yeah, I don't know. I'm doing okay. It's Christmas Eve today. Christmas tomorrow. I have some um, fun plans today. I just have a bit of a head cold. I don't have COVID. I went and got tested the other day, so that's nice. Um, um, instead, I just got a little bit of the sniffles and sneezes. Uh, I feel like this podcast has, in the last two podcasts, has just become a uh, Olivia complaining about what's going on in her life podcast. But that's okay because guess what? What really works, listeners? That's what a podcast sometimes is. Yeah, it's I just think- our personal diaries. Well, and I even just think like part of like this podcast and part of the reason why people listen to it is because we just talk about like our actual experiences with stuff, right? And whether that's great experiences or whether that's experiences that really suck. I think it's important for us to not sugarcoat things sometimes and pretend that everything is a-okay all the time. Everything is just peachy keen. But, you know, even though we don't want to pretend that everything is peachy keen all of the time. Um, we do want to be able to, you know, like come up with different ways to motivate ourselves and to keep ourselves, to keep ourselves, I don't want to say in like a positive mind frame because, you know, we can't be positive all the time, but to keep, try to bring ourselves into a space of wellness a little bit more, especially when we're not feeling well. Um, and today we're going to be talking about that specifically related to the physical health and mental health how they're interlinked, how they can affect one another. Um, And we're going to be speaking a lot from our personal experiences. Um, My, so in the last like two two months or so, and then, you know, Becky will speak on some things that she's dealt with and struggled with a little bit that impacts her physical health and mental health. And yeah, just talk about what we can do to try to support ourselves through that. Yeah. And, you know, they're both so dependent on one another that when our physical health is maybe not feeling so great and our but our mental health can maybe not feel so great or if our mental health's not feeling so great then our physical health can start to deteriorate so uh yeah how do we how do we go about this little bit of a juggling act and try to maintain some wellness yeah and you know even from our conversations and even talking to like our colleagues and friends a lot of us are kind of drawing blanks out the best way <laughs> like supporting ourselves especially when our physical health is impacting our mental health we come up with a couple of things and to be honest even if you're kind of experiencing something similar to me uh, or Olivia then hopefully just like hearing us kind of talk about our frustrations and what we've been experiencing in itself hopefully provides a little bit of just a bit of connection and knowing that maybe you're not the only person who's feeling that way and some validation as well because I think sometimes People don't necessarily take things seriously in the sense of if our physical health is impacting our mental health or vice versa. Um, so hopefully even just like listening to this episode will provide a little bit of 
bit of community, a bit of connection, hopefully that will help or be supportive. Yeah. And hopefully I'll learn some things too, because I am definitely in the camp of, well, when my physical health is not doing so well, I'm like, come on, Olivia, just get it together. You're not that sick. You don't feel that bad. Everything's fine. Just buck up buttercup and like seize the day, go to work and basically just like run, run away from your cold or run away from your sickness. That's how I have consistently tried to approach things. And now after being quite ill for about two months now, I'm like, mm, my technique is not working. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Nope. That doesn't work, Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so maybe we can start by just discussing why a little bit why our physical health and our mental health can be and are so interlinked. Um, I don't know if we have a Becky definition for what really works listeners today, but I wonder if you can go into a little bit for us, Becky, of how the brain and the body are connected and relate to one another and yeah, either help to support one another or help to not support one another. Well, I think it's something that probably a lot of us have experienced at at some point or another, whether that is kind of being in pain and that is affecting like our mental health or like our emotional health or maybe when we feel are feeling anxious we're experiencing a lot of kind of physical symptoms and physical health um issues things like that I know that when I'm feeling anxious I feel physically sick and things like that as well so like I think a lot of us maybe have like some kind of experience it in some shape or form whether that be minor or kind of major but I think it's something also that we don't necessarily talk about a lot and I find it really interesting because you know there is like we're kind of getting to the point now where people are talking about mental health and physical health as being interlinked but also we get to the point where we're saying there is no health without mental health and we're like yeah. at the point of talking about how they're interlinked and how mental health becomes how mental health makes up that part of our overall sense of health but sometimes we don't have conversations about like how that all works and how that all links together we normally talk about like oh like you know we know we need to support our physical health but maybe we don't look after our mental health but there's n- not as much conversation in particular like this whole loop actually impacts each other like yeah it's great looking after your physical health and that'll help your mental health but let's think about actually what happens when our physical health isn't so great and how that impacts our mental health and what what do we do if we can't change our physical health either you know it's really one of the strategies that we'll chat about a lot when we're speaking about mental wellness is going for a walk or you know starting to do some more exercise going to the gym eating healthy um you know all of those things that nourish and feed not only your soul but also your body And one of the things that we haven't really talked about or that, you know, I don't hear addressed all that much is, okay, so that's all fine and dandy, but what about when you're actually really struggling with your physical health more so than your mental health? And that's then impacting your mental health, but you can't do the things that folks are suggesting you to do because your body is just not cooperating with you. Yeah. And that's my, like my experience has been, so I have had a hip problem for probably like a year and a half now that's been very on and off and like was really bad for like a good six months and then kind of got a little bit better for a couple of months and then has come back raging and what's been really really hard about it is exactly what you're saying Olivia is actually it's really impacting my mental health because a lot of the things I do to support my mental health are very very physical so a lot of the things that I do to look after my mental health are things like hiking going to the gym like doing exercise like yeah all these different things that involves me moving my body especially the lower half of my body to get me somewhere and 
then it was kind of like, well, what do I do now that I feel awful? Because one, I'm in pain, but now I can't do the things that support my mental health, which is making my mental health get kind of like worse and worse. I was just feeling like lower and lower and more and more fed up, more and more just like that real like languishing feeling that we spoke about before. And I was like, but what am I supposed to do to make my myself feel better? What am I supposed to do to help my mental health when I can't go for that hike that I would normally do to make myself feel like a little bit I don't know a bit more energized and just a little bit more yeah just better in emotionally not like yeah 100 percent. and you know you can't use the coping strategies that you typically use but then I find that I begin to feel a sense of resentment you know of just resentment towards my body resentment towards my physical wellness which then makes me yeah, just resent my current situation, which makes it harder to feel resilience. It makes it harder to be resilient. It makes it incredibly, yeah, it just makes it overall more difficult to have motivation to find other ways to support yourself. Um, You know, especially when you're feeling low, we often talk about going to our toolbox, those things that we know are tried and true and tested and help support our mental wellness. And the reason that we talk about that is because the activities that we are consistently practicing are a lot easier for us to grab when we're not doing well, right? It's harder to think about new ways to help support ourselves, um, gain new motivation to try new things that might support ourselves when we're not doing well. So when you know the things that support you and you're not doing well, but then you can't do those things that you know support you, then it puts this whole other pressure on your mental state to be able to come up with or explore other ways that could potentially be supportive for you. And not only that, but you probably don't even want to. It's tough. The other thing that came to mind for me when you were discussing that is just, you know, maintaining that hope and maintaining that resilience that, you know, one day things will hopefully get better. Um, But then it's not really necessarily something that you can control for a lot of folks, maybe not so much in our specific situations, but thinking about folks that have chronic illnesses that are outside of their control and that perhaps they already are doing everything to support themselves, but things just aren't getting better and they're not able to get better. How do you maintain that resilience? Like, how do you maintain a positive outlook or continue to support yourself when you know that your mental wellness and your physical wellness are constantly being, yeah, being tested. I don't know if what really works listeners can hear my cat just in the background. That's Neo. But yeah, um, you know, today I don't think we're going to be getting too much into chronic illness because Becky and I don't have that lived and living experience ourselves. but we do plan on bringing a guest that will um, be able to support us with those conversations and provide some advice, some tips and tricks. Um, but yeah, I just want to acknowledge that, that for some people it can be, their physical health can be something that's outside of their control, which makes it even harder to want to support yourself with your mental wellness. And that's the thing is when things are out of our control, it just, it's really hard to like you say, I have that like, not necessarily po- that hopeful like outlook of like how things can change or like what we can do about them. Right. It's just, it's a huge barrier to try and chisel away at. We have here that nearly one in three people with a long-term physical health condition also have a mental health problem, most often depression and anxiety. Well, that makes a ton of sense to me because over the past two months when I haven't been feeling very well, oh man, oh man, have I been depressed. (laughs) Not being able to go outside and not being able to like, yeah, to do the activities that I know support my wellness. 
definitely increases depression, definitely has increased my anxiety. But one of the things that I don't see mentioned here is increasing my, I want to say like my guilt towards myself or like the way that I'm treating myself of, yeah, just decreasing my self-confidence and decreasing my self-love because it's like, oh, Olivia, just, you know, just get out of bed. Just, just continue to, to try to work harder. Why don't you try to eat more healthy meals or go to the vitamin shop and get, I don't know, magnesium or all of these things that the people that are super into their health tell you to do for yourself. And it's like, well, why aren't you doing those things? Well, because I have no motivation to do it because I don't feel good, which means my mental health doesn't feel good. And how am I, yeah, how are we supposed to move forward? Well, and I think as well, like, you know, I always kind of thought about it until I started experiencing like my hip problem was, you know, like, oh, just, you know, like it's that one physical health problem that like impacts like our mental health overall, which is definitely like how I have experienced it in the sense of like that constant pain that I've been feeling obviously impacts like even just like my ability to like manage my emotions like I'm obviously way more irritable if I'm in pain and things like that but also like the dominoes effect that it can cause so like one thing that I've been having is obviously like I am less able to do activities I would normally do to kind of stay fit and be able to like do my hikes and things like that and the dominoes effect of me not being able to do that because of the pain that I've been in but also because of like kind of that low motivation and things like that that that's been caused is the fact that like I'm then feeling guilt and shame around the fact that like I'm losing my like my fitness and I'm not as able to like do things like I was able to do anymore or even things like an outcome has been like I've been like I've put on weight because I don't move around as much as I used to which is fine but I've been having a hard time in the sense of even like because I've put on weight then all my tight clothes feel tight which then makes me feel uncomfortable kind of physically as well as kind of emotionally and then obviously like clothes cost money and they're in mm-hmm. I can't I can't change that because maybe I'm not able to go buy a whole new wardrobe of clothes that fit me properly so then there's the dominoes effect of like I'm, I'm now have like hip pain that's making me feel unmotivated stopping me from doing a lot of the things I would usually go to to make myself feel better to net to also now having like feeling that guilt and shame about not being able to do certain things to then feeling comfortable because like my clothes aren't fitting me anymore stuff where there's a bigger dominoes effect going on than what we necessarily always think about if that makes sense no uh, the entire time that you were describing that I was just nodding my head along furiously with you because I have lost a significant amount of weight over the past two months to where same like I feel I feel like I don't look healthy which is you know lots of us still struggle with our with our body image you know even though it's something that I'm trying to get better with and something that I'm trying to work on it doesn't come overnight you know body positivity and um, body acceptance are it's, it's hard. It's one of those things that you're constantly working at, just like any other um, mental health struggle or any other wellness struggle. And yeah, my clothes are way too baggy to men that I just don't look. Yeah, it just doesn't look in flattering in the way that I want it to. And it doesn't fit the way that I want it to, which then impacts your confidence. But then at the same time, yeah, you don't necessarily have the money or maybe even the at this point, I don't even feel like I have like the health to go out and buy new clothes and like look for new things because you don't know 
necessarily like know how you're going to stop this from happening you know like how are you going to change the situation that you're in so that you are not continuing to lose weight or not continuing to gain weight because of the physical circumstance that you're in so I think it's important for us to remember throughout this conversation that although we're talking about the relationship between physical and mental health and how to support ourselves there's so much more that goes into that conversation right we've already discussed judging ourselves um, self-love body image financial hardships, like resilience, motivation, um, everything is tied into it. And the reason that everything's tied into it is because essentially what makes up our wellness is our physical and mental health. Yeah. And yeah, there's just so much that goes into it. And I think maybe that just isn't generally discussed when people are thinking about it in the sense of like, um, like the, the, for a definition, which I never gave, um, like the World Health Organization like de- defines health overall as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, not just like an absence of like disease or anything like that, right? And that's why I think this has like what we're talking about has such a big impact because it's the state of our physical well-being, our mental well-being, and our social well-being, and it's how all three of these are like playing kind of either together or against each other that really have like a huge impact on how we're doing in our day-to-day life. That definition makes me feel as though I have never once been in a state of complete health. <laughs> if my physical, mental, and social well-being um, need to be like all kind of up there for a state of health, then oh my God, I don't know if I've ever been healthy. <laughs> That's a hard bar to reach. Yeah, well, and it, yeah, and I don't. Is there such thing as having perfect health? I don't know. No, I'd say no. No, not at all. Okay, so I want to ask you, Becky. Over the past year and a bit that you have been dealing with your um with your health, with your hip and your health issues, have you found anything that has been supportive for you? What has been the hardest part of it, which is why I've been finding it so hard to support myself through it, is. I don't have any answers as to what's causing it. So what I'm that's the what, situation I'm in too. Yeah, so that's funny. The situations in the sense that we've both had some kind of physical health issues going on for a while, but not getting not being able to find out really so far where what's causing the issue, right? And maybe it's just because maybe it's my like maybe one way of supporting myself is changing my perspective. Um, or like thinking of other perspectives and maybe that's something that I will attempt to do out of this but what I've been finding really hard is that my perspective has been very focused on my physical health in the sense of well if I get my hips sorted everything else will be fine (laughs) Um, which isn't necessarily always the it might not be the most supportive outlook and maybe that's why I've been having a hard time but well and it's not the most supportive outlook because if you are basing your overall wellness on something that you can't control and also don't necessarily know how to support and how to cope with right now, then you're essentially, we're essentially setting ourselves up for failure because that's exactly what I've been doing too. Is as soon as I start to feel better, as soon as I'm not sick anymore, then everything will be fine. I'll be mentally well, I'll be physically well, I'll be happy, but okay, we don't know when that will change 
And we can't rely on that because it's not something that's guaranteed or something that we can control. So yeah, how do we then change that perspective, Becky? I don't know. That's where I've been having a hard time and probably making it harder for myself in the sense of, especially since my hip issue has been a bit of a roller coaster in the sense that I have had a couple of months where it's not been so bad and I've been like, it's fine now. I'm all better. Um, and like going straight back to like the the usual coping mechanisms that I would do to support myself, which is fine, like leaning back into those. But I think the fact that I hadn't explored to find other supports for myself meant that as soon as my hip problems started coming back again, I was back to like square one of oh like and I can't do these things for myself and I hadn't built any new tools for myself if that makes sense no it does a hundred percent and it makes me think of a conversation that I was having um with my partner the other day that was inspired um by a question that his family was asking and it was essentially like is there anything that you feel like you need to do every day to be able to like feel yourself to be able to maintain your wellness um and this brought about a really interesting conversation where it's like, you know, lots of folks, and I, I think a lot of our What Really Works listeners will be able to identify with this, of you have that one thing in your routine that you might feel like you need to do every day, or you have that one tool that really supports you when you're feeling low. Um, so for somebody, it might be running or doing yoga or journaling or meditating. You know, you do that thing every single day, and that's what you rely on to... I guess, maintain your baseline and maintain that support that you're providing yourself. But that can also be a pretty like unsupportive because if that one thing is taken away or if we're not able to, for whatever reason, go on a run today or meditate today because we have a busy day, then we're not really creating that emotional resilience that we're looking to or creating that diversity of support that we're hoping to, um, which can put us in some sticky situations when those things do go wrong. So exactly like Becky and I, we, we rely on the outdoors and hiking um, and physical exercise quite a bit for our overall physical and mental wellness. And when that's taken away, I kind of feel as though I'm left like treading in deep water. I'm like, okay, so where I'm trying to reach for these life, like these life vests and these, um, yeah, flotation devices, but uh, they're they're they feel too far and I don't really know what to do what to use you're exactly right because that's why probably over this past year and a half I've been having much more of a rough time emotionally and mentally is because those flotation devices have been kind of taken away like uh, you know a little bit too far out of reach for me to rely on but I'm Mm -hmm. not looking for anything else I just have my eye like I'm just focused on one thing Yeah. And the reason that we then focus on that one thing is because we know from trial and error that that thing does support us. So if we could just get that back, then everything would be fine. And I think you're exactly right in saying that, well, in actuality, that's a bit of an unsupportive practice. And it's a bit of a, it's a mentality that can actually lead to more harm than good. And instead, rather, we should be trying to shift our perspective and look at the situation that we have at hand and come up with alternative ways that we can potentially support ourselves, which we already went over is an incredibly hard thing to do when you're not feeling well, but nonetheless, maybe a little bit, sh- a little bit of a shift in our perspective on what's going to be supportive for us um, can help. Yeah. Cause yeah, it's just so hard. Cause like we said before, when our physical health 
is affecting our mental health like it's so hard to like motivate ourselves to do anything so motivating ourselves to find a new way to support ourselves is like on another level yeah well if that's the case then I wonder if our change in perspective can also include not being so hard on ourselves and recognizing that when you aren't doing so well in your physical health that perhaps the most supportive thing to do is just give yourself give yourself time and space um where I'm thinking Becky is the spoon metaphor that one of our lovely peer supporters can frequently discusses and essentially her lived and lived experience lived and living experience she's had to adopt different ways of spending her energy and different ways of thinking about the way that she spends her energy instead of you know, feeling the need to be incredibly motivated all of the time, because that's not something that's feasible for her specific physical and mental health situation. Rather, her shift in perspective has been, I know that I can't be motivated, and I can't be 100% all of the time because of these conditions. So instead, I need to divvy out my motivation in specific ways throughout the week. So the spoon metaphor is essentially you start the day, you start the week, whatever it is. Let's say you start the day with five spoons. For one person, using a spoon, you could use one spoon when you like get up and brush your teeth and take a shower and make breakfast. And, you know, that didn't take very much motivation. That didn't take very much energy from you. So that was just one spoon that you used. For another person, and perhaps for someone that is struggling with their physical health in the moment and their mental health in the moment, just getting up is using a spoon, right? Brushing your teeth is using a spoon. Making making breakfast is using a spoon. So you've actually used three of those spoons instead of one. And perhaps the change in perspective is thinking about yeah, what you're physically and mentally, what you're actually physically and mentally capable of doing in the moment and whether or not it's actually just your, our harsh expectations and our preconceived notions of what motivation is and what we should be getting done rather than what's realistic for us in the moment. Yeah, I wonder like how much of it as well is a working towards that like acceptance, right? Like I love this, that spoon analogy. I think it's a really, really great way for for people to be kinder to themselves because I think a lot of us compare ourselves to others or what we have been previously being able to do depending on like what our circumstances are so I think that analogy is a really really great way of like okay like I'm still going to be kind to myself because you know at the end of the day I've only got so much energy and resources and that's okay however I am using them I think part of my part of the problem is I think I need to accept that that's where I'm at if that makes sense because it's like a big change for me and I don't know 100% of the best way for me to go about like accepting that like I have this like physical problem that is having an impact on me and that's that's okay that that's what's happening and it's you know there's still other things that are available to me it's not stopping me from like getting any joy in my life it's just does that make sense it makes complete sense and it would it's 100% understandable why that would be a struggle to accept that and it's because it's a huge change in your life that impacts base like basically everything right it impacts the your physical health that impacts your mental health it impacts the way that you're going about your daily activities the things that you um, can do and want to do 
And that's a really, really big shift to just all of a sudden up and accept, right? Um, Maybe it's like, maybe I just need to like have a little bit of a grief. Like let myself grieve a little bit. Maybe that's why I'm just thinking in a sense as well, like a lot of my goals in life are like things that I would really like to achieve are all like a a lot of them are quite physical in the sense of like wanting to hike particular like places or like do particular trails or like ride certain places and maybe part of it is that acceptance is like grieving that loss or grieving that change to that goal that maybe I'm not going to be able to achieve that goal in the same way that I initially really hoped that I would um yeah and kind of like it's okay for me to be angry if I'm not able to ride my motorbike to like a big goal of mine would be to ride my motorbike to like through South America and down to Ushuaia there's a chance that if my hip doesn't improve I can't do that because I can't it's not comfortable for me to sit on a bike for long periods of time and so maybe it's just around me grieving the fact that 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 goal might change or might not happen and look elsewhere for goals and things that I can aim for yeah and you know honestly I think that that's a very wise way to approach it and as you're saying it it makes a ton of sense in my heart and in my mind because yeah sometimes things shift in our lives where we have to reevaluate our goals and we have to reevaluate the ways that we're living and you know often we can think of these big life changes Um, and things that we grieve in terms of losing a loved one or just, you know, losing a job or something that's more tangible, but a hundred percent, it should apply to losing aspects of our physical health. Right. Um, you know, when, if an individual goes through some sort of accident to where they're not able to do things the way that they were before, that's a huge grief, grieving process and process of loss, and also a reevaluation, and I think that's where your other suggestion of a shift in perspective comes into play too. Because you know, perhaps an activity that you could do to support yourself would be, okay, so my goal in the past was to ride my motorbike through South America. Well, if that's not going to be possible for me, then how am I going to shift, or how am I going to adjust that goal so that I still feel a sense of like completion and I still feel a sense of achievement, but I'm also taking into account and into consideration, um, you know, just where my life is at the moment and whether or not that is a feasible thing for me. And honestly, I think, you know, holding on to those goals so tightly and holding on to the things that we want to do that perhaps maybe we're not able to do does more harm than good because, we're constantly thinking about what could have been and what I wish could have happened if it wasn't for this, if it wasn't for that. And it's living almost in the past, like it's living in the future and also living in the past at the same time, which we know doesn't necessarily support our overall well-being. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think that's a really, I think that's a really, really good suggestion, Becky. Um, A great suggestion, but not something that comes very easily. Definitely not. Yeah. How do you feel after talking about that? It was funny because Becky and I were like, what are we going to do for this podcast? You know, we've both really struggled with some physical um, things over the past little while and we're both really fed up with it. How do we maintain resilience? How do we support ourselves? All those things. And as Becky mentioned, we were kind of like, huh, 
we don't really know. But, you know, I think that maybe we just explored something that could be supportive for both of us through this conversation. And yeah, I just want to know, how do you, (laughs) how do you feel thinking about that? Sad? Really sad. Yeah. Like, could have a little cry sad. Yeah. And that's normal. It makes sense that you would feel that way, right? And maybe it just proves that your point of what is necessary is maybe a little bit of a little bit of grief and feeling that feeling that loss. Yeah. It's especially hard when a lot of the reasons why I've even chosen to like emigrate to Canada are like for a lot of the things that I would hope to be able to do and a lot of like goals I would hope to be able to do and like love mountains I'd like to be able to climb and it's really hard when it's like I'm really like trying to like set myself up for success and then I've got a hip problem that means I might not be able to like hike more than two kilometers without being in like agony yeah and I don't know what the problem is (laughs) (sighs) and that's that thing too it's um I guess the grief that you would probably be going through would be ambiguous grief of not necessarily having a sense of closure, not knowing what happened in the first place, um, not really having a clear direction or a clear answer and being in, yeah, a space of unknowing, but also grieving at the same time. Yeah. And ambiguous grief is one of, I don't want to say one of the hardest types of grief because grief is really difficult no matter what type of grieving you're experiencing, but it is it is the a grief that is accompanied with lots of feelings of uncomfortability and unknowing um, and a lack of control, which comes with its own set of, of tr- challenges, right? <sighs> Mine, something that I feel like I need to um, work on in a shift and change in my perspective is honestly just a sense of fear. I, you know, health conditions or health problems can be really scary, right? You don't, especially if you don't necessarily know what's going on, you can feel fearful for your physical health. You can feel fearful for the future. Um, And I think the shift in my perspective needs to be okay. Like we don't need to lean so much into this fear right now. Um, How do we, how do I support myself to not be future thinking and not be overthinking and instead yeah like how do you support yourself with that fear element I think that comes into it a lot too you know we never talk about it but like health things are scary it's scary to not know what's going on with you it's scary to have your body be changing or to have your physicality impacted yeah it's it's a I'm scared of it I don't like going to the doctor I don't like going into into hospitals I don't like feeling something in my body and not knowing like how it's affecting me and what's going on like that is actually really scary for me yeah and that's totally understandable yeah and I don't really so I guess I need to shift my perspective and my mind frame from okay this isn't necessarily a a scary thing or it might be a scary thing but then how do I support myself with that fear you know how do I how do I take that that fear-based response and then try to maybe motivate myself based on that fear or yeah fear is such a funny emotion and it's not really an emotion that we've discussed too much on the podcast actually yeah, that's a future episode future episode yeah yeah but the thing about fear as well and this is where like physical health and mental health are so interlinked again is having a physical health issue and the fear that comes alongside that and how that impacts us mentally but then also being in a fight or flight response for a long period of time 
has a huge impact on our physical health in return. This really like vicious cycle. Especially when you're focusing on it too. I find one of the things that I've been experiencing lately is because of that fear, I've been focusing a lot more on what is happening in my body. So any sort of twinge, any sort of pain, any sort of abnormality, my brain immediately goes into that fight or flight mode, immediately goes into a space of anxiousness of like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I need to go to the hospital right now. When that, I think what that does is actually just makes the pain feel worse, right? Is you just focus on it and focus on it. Yeah. Which is really hard though. Yeah. It's hard not to, but then it's just a matter of, I guess, distracting yourself and trying to recognize that that is a fear-based response which is usually accompanied with some sort of anxiety so doing deep breathing um doing the things that you would normally do to support your mental wellness but in fact you're just doing it to support that physical wellness just as much not only that but you know some of our physical symptoms can be exacerbated by having a physical illness or by having a mental illness you know our bodies and our minds as we've mentioned they're not separate so our mental health can affect our body you know depression can lead to more headaches and fatigue and digestive problems and anxiety and upset stomachs and you know insomnia all difficult breathe difficulty breathing difficulty concentrating all of these things and then you know you can get into this vicious cycle of what is my mental health versus what is my physical health but oh actually they might just all be the same (laughs) and that's what's really really tricky about it and one of the things we've written in the notes on like how to actually support ourselves is self-advocacy because there's loads of research into how someone who experiences a mental health challenge can be less likely to receive medical health or physical health um, problems because healthcare professionals may just be assuming that those physical symptoms are part of the mental health challenge that that person's experiencing. So like you say, like depression can come with like migraines all the time, right? And that may be why a person is experiencing the migraines and the fatigue, but there may also be other things going on. Um, And sadly, like there sometimes is that disparity um, of just assuming that it must just be your mental health. So I've actually experienced that quite recently with a couple of, yeah, a couple doctors and I've been in and out of the hospital for the past couple months. And I have had two separate situations where I've, you know, been in the emergency room with symptoms that definitely were physical, but then I think also were brought on by some mental distress and was asked pretty poignantly. I have a mental health diagnosis. So I think when people bring up my medical records and stuff, they can see that I'm diagnosed with anxiety and depression and bipolar disorder. And in every conversation that I've had at the hospital, my mental health has been brought up. Um, So are you sure like it's not just anxiety? And it's really frustrating. Uh, It's nice that I can kind of come back and say, actually, I'm a mental health professional and I am having physical symptoms and that needs to be addressed and taken care of. Yes, I am also experiencing anxiety, but that doesn't mean that, you know, that the other things aren't happening as well. So I think I'm positioned in a more privileged position to be able to advocate for myself and kind of use that title of mental health professional to my advantage. But a lot of people are not in that position. And a lot of folks have trouble advocating for themselves. And 
honestly, it's really frustrating and it makes you question the care that you're getting. It makes you question whether or not people are actually paying attention to what you're saying. And I do believe that part of the reason that what's been going on with me has been going on for so long is because the proper tests weren't being ran, you know, and asked about why I'm not on certain medications anymore, all of these kind of things. And yeah, it's incredibly frustrating and it's discrimination. Yeah, because you're receiving inequitable healthcare. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, that, yeah, essentially, essentially just that. And it, it is very frustrating. And it's one of those things that we always have to keep in mind or that I always have to keep in mind that that will probably be in the back of healthcare practitioners' minds. And I just have to make sure that I approach every situation with a sense of advocacy and a self of and a sense of self determination, um, and hope that, yeah, and hope that it doesn't impact what's going on too much, right? It just sucks because, <laughs> like you said, like you're you, you are in a position where maybe you may be question you might be questioned less because you're like I am a mental health professional, I have a lot of knowledge. And it sucks because it's like you shouldn't have to be a mental health professional for someone to believe what you're saying or take at face value what you're saying, right? Like at the end of the day, each person is their own individual and they know themselves best and therefore healthcare professionals should be like listening to that individual and what they're they're saying rather than kind of in the back of their minds going, okay, this is what. I think it really is, right? One of the things that I'm definitely passionate about is trying to bridge the gap between our health services um, and our mental health services for sure. And I think one of the ways that we can do that is through peer support, having peer supporters go into hospitals and be able to advocate for patients and be able to, you know, be in the room for those conversations and see where discriminating practices might be coming into view to or just to support healthcare practitioners in general with more awareness and more knowledge on what people might be experiencing in regards to their mental health. So there are things that hopefully are coming down that are coming down the pipeline as far as that support goes. There's these wonderful things called transitional discharge models, which is essentially where you have mental health practitioners working that have lived and lived experience working in conjunction with healthcare practitioners um, which does help the process quite a bit. So, you know, there, there are good things happening, but just, it is something to be aware of, especially if you are someone that's living with a mental health challenge, um, of being ready to advocate for yourself. And that can be a particularly hard thing to do when you're not feeling well in your mind, body, and soul. Um, and it can feel like a big challenge, but make sure that you're reaching out to those supports that you might have. Um, there's plenty, there's different resources that you can access that can provide healthcare advocates for you, especially if you've been going through um, some chronic um, health concerns for a while and feel like you haven't been receiving the ad- most adequate care for a while based off of um, mental health, mental discrimination, just based off of discrimination. Um, well, all that said, <laughs> uh, I think, you know, One of the things that I just keep trying to remind myself is tomorrow is a new day. So instead of thinking that, oh, I'm not going to be motivated, I'm not going to feel better for however long and like, how am I going to get through this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, okay, today, let's just try to 
get through the day. Let's try to, you know, maybe we'll try one new thing. Today we'll do our laundry. Tomorrow, you know, we'll try to cook a nice meal. Um, essentially just taking it one day at a time and giving myself time and space to feel the things that I'm feeling and, you know, cope in the way that I'm, I'm coping, but then also giving myself a little bit of a challenge each day too. Um, one of the things that I've found is when I am being kind to myself, sometimes I feel as though I can be too kind to myself and then get a little bit stuck in the hole of depression and having no motivation and just wanting to sit in bed and uh, do nothing all day. And it's okay to lean into that sometimes, giving myself little challenges um, each day to try to, to try to kickstart that motivation a little bit and make sure that I am still doing those things that are supportive. Well, I think a big thing as well that is supportive is you mentioned before like peer support I think like peer support and support groups of people also kind of going through similar things can be incredibly like helpful and supportive because I think sometimes when we're like sharing with others like okay like I've got this like physical health thing going on and it's really impacting like my mental health sometimes people don't necessarily like understand because they've not experienced it before so having like a group where you can really connect with people um, around like sharing your experience and your story and knowing that you're not alone in that situation um, can be, yeah, just really, really supportive and like empowering as well, knowing that you're not the only person going through it. One thing that I think is worth mentioning, just with with us talking about like experiences with like health professionals and maybe we might be feeling that we are like self-advocating but maybe not being fully listened to or whatever that is just a reminder that like there may be an option to like change who our healthcare provider is so for me I'm not I can't get a doctor in Kelowna I've been on a wait list I I don't have a doctor so I've been seeing physio to help with my hip and I was seeing one physio for a long period of time and just felt like I wasn't getting anywhere and when I was saying we're not really getting anywhere with any of this and them being like well this is all that you can do kind of thing I was like okay and then after a while I was like I'm gonna just change physio and see what happens there's one that's literally just opened down the road from me so why not go there it's a little bit closer I can walk there and this new physio has been so much more helpful and so much more supportive and like looking at me as much more of a whole and has asked for me to go get x-rays and all these different things and like sometimes having like a second set of eyes to help ourselves with that physical health can be really supportive as well depending on what the situation is yeah and also you know understanding that finding those resources can be very tough (laughs) that's what I'm experiencing right now living on Vancouver Island is access to clinics and um, access to just different sort different healthcare providers is very limited and also impacts the motivation that you have to continue to keep going and continuing to like try to find things to support yourself because they do not make it easy oh my gosh they really don't um and that impacts your motivation too it impacts the way that not even just your motivation but your I guess like mindset and whether or not you feel as okay like this is I guess I've been feeling okay this is never going to get better because I can't even find someone that's going to help me to try to figure out why it's not getting better to figure out what's going on. Um, So I think going in with the mentality of understanding and knowing that it's not going to be an easy process. And I guess off the bat, maybe even trying to find someone to support yourself with, with like to support you with that 
with that process. Um, yeah, it can be really important, like reaching out to the folks that you know. I have an amazing friend that is a nurse that I've been reaching out to to try to help me. My partner's my partner's dad is a doctor, and I'm like just reaching out to everyone to try to see, you know, if they can help you. And sometimes reaching out for help can be really hard. I hate reaching out for help. I hate relying on other people for things. Um, but I know that in this situation, I'm actually doing myself more harm than good by not explaining my situation and by not reaching out to people for support. All easy said than done. <laughs> so much easier said than done. I'm saying all of this and like, by golly, I'm still like, I've done nothing to help myself. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, what really works, listeners? I think we might cut it there. Uh, it's been a little bit of a shorter episode today and not necessarily a, bu- a bunch of tips and tricks, but hopefully you found the conversation supportive or at least made you feel as though if you are struggling with some health challenges that you're not alone and that it is actually something that's really, really difficult to deal with. Um, We are going to do a follow-up to this episode where, like I mentioned, we're going to bring someone on that has um, a bit more experience than Becky and I in supporting themselves with dealing with chronic illness. And yeah, in that episode, look out for some more tips and tricks and things that we can do to, yeah, to support ourselves. Okay, anyway, that's it for me. And that's it for me. Bye. We are currently recording in the podcast booth inside Staples Studio located in Kelowna. Staples Studio is a co-working space for those looking for a safe alternative to working from home. I know I feel so stuck at home these days and going to Staples makes me feel like I actually have a change of pace. They offer not only a safe space to work with desks, offices, private phone booths, and meeting rooms, they are connected to the Staples store where they have everything you need under one roof. Studio is more than just a co-working space. Studio is a community to help you work, learn, and grow. Follow them on Instagram at Staples Studio Canada for more information on locations, pricing, and amenities. Please visit studio.staples.ca and book a virtual tour. again for listening to us we hope you enjoyed this podcast you can find us on all major podcast streaming platforms and if you don't want to miss any future episodes you can follow us or subscribe to what really works to find more from discovery college go to discoverycollegecolona.com and thanks again to staple studio in supporting us to produce this podcast